Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and from the live from the Happy Chicago Bears locker room, it's the Fourth and Inches show <laughs> with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, thanks so much for uh, filling in for me last week while I was out of my bye week. I'm glad to have the uh, the fantasy staff back on uh, a full roster this week. Can actually breathe yeah. during this hour, which will be nice. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can take sips of water without anybody noticing. So occasionally, yeah, good. I thought it'd be it'd be a nice thing to do. <laughs> so, but no, you did, did a great job with the show last week. Thank you very much. And uh, meanwhile, um, I didn't get to um, to discuss the Cowboys Giants game with you ahead of time, but I think we were <laughs> both uh, in agreement there that that was not going to be too much of a game. I think I actually picked it. Uh, 38-21 Cowboys, so I was off by uh, seven points on the Cowboys side. But uh, anyway, your your Cowboys have the best record in the NFL right now. I mean, we all know that's not going to last, but you know, it's no. still a pretty <laughs> big accomplishment for them. I like. I wasn't sure they could do that with Jerry Jones and uh, Jason Garrett as their uh, leaders, but you know they've shown the willingness to adapt. And Demarco Murray, as long as he stays healthy, which he's not going to, you know, they have a good chance of uh, keeping this going. It's uh, it's an interesting place to be. The Cowboys aren't normally still relevant this far into the season. Like, we're still in the conversation, but we're certainly not the conversation, not for these reasons, at least. Uh, as long as DeMarco Murray stays healthy, things will be all right. I just, he hasn't had a great track record of that happening, so I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket just yet. I'm well, gonna, also, I I'm think still, he's I'm on still a... waiting a couple of weeks to get excited about this. I just, I'm waiting as a Cowboys fan. I'm trying to wait for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> I'm not mistaken. I think he's also on pace to have a record number of carries in the season. Yeah. So you know that's not going to last, especially with somebody who's injury prone to begin with. I mean. Who do you say? Is it Lance Dunbar or is it Joseph Randall, assuming he doesn't you know, spend any more time uh, shoplifting? He would stop who's, shoplifting who's, and maybe focus yeah. on the playbook a little bit more. I think I think Randall probably is the the better of the two, but that's pending him staying out of any more trouble. <clears throat> he somehow managed to parlay it into an endorsement deal, his shoplifting, which yeah. is sort of ridiculous, but typical cowboy fashion. I saw somebody uh, comment on that. I'm headed over to the Maserati dealership now to see if I can yeah, make right? out like uh, he did. But uh, Clearly, we've been doing that, things but... wrong this whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, And uh, speaking of running backs, quite a few of them got hurt this past week. Yeah. It, it certainly wasn't a good week to be a uh, Buffalo running back. But uh, before we get to that, why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with us and join in the mirth and merriment well, as always, we will be here for a full hour until 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every Wednesday night. Uh, and there are a number of ways that you can have your voice heard, join in the conversation, just, you know, share your thoughts and feelings. Uh, you can always call us at 347-989-8088. That's 347-989-8088. You can always tweet us at the number 4THN Inches Show or at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. You can email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. We also accept carrier pigeon and smoke signals uh, and and perhaps, uh, what do they call the, the flag? It's not pinafore, right? Semaphore. Is that right? Uh, Semaphore, I think. Yeah. Semaphore. That, I just, that I makes just a little started more sense, accepting but. that this week, yeah. <laughs> and next up, Apple Pay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, running backs, we've got a pretty sticky situation this week between Frank Gore being out on by. Uh, for those of you that uh, weren't aware, it's San Francisco and the Giants are the two teams out on mm-hmm. by this week, and we've also got a London game this week. But uh, As if there so, wasn't enough going on. Yes, and amazingly enough, that London game doesn't involve either the Jaguars or the Raiders, but we'll get to that later. But, so True. <laughs> let, me, let me throw a few names at you here uh, for the Week 8 waiver wire pickup, and yes. you tell me how you would rank these guys. The two Buffalo guys, Anthony Dixon and Bryce Brown, 
Trey Mason in in uh, St. Louis and Bernard Robinson in Jacksonville. You tell me how you would rank those four guys' uh, waiver wire priority this week. Um, I might go Trey Mason one, Denard Robinson two, Anthony Dixon two A, and Bryce Brown three. Although I think Bryce Brown has a chance to increase his value this coming week. If you've got a roster spot to stash him on, it may be worth it, but he hasn't actually played it down in a game yet this year. So while I like Bryce Brown, I don't know if the Bills are really sold on him yet. So we'll see. I think I would, I'll be a little contrarian here. I think I'd probably go Robinson, Brown, Mason Dixon, just because I like saying Mason Dixon line, but uh, I, that's my Mason Dixon line. But anyway, I don't know. Just Denard Robinson, I, I think you know, this guy's just been. Uh, you, know, you saw what well, he could do when he was in Michigan, and you know I think he's <laughs> why they were starting Toby Gerhardt ahead of him or ahead of Storm Johnson is beyond me. But I just think they should give the guy a shot and just see what he can do, see what Blake Bortles can do, see what their young receivers can do, and maybe they'll win another game at some point this season. I mean, season. I think there's a chance that Denard Robinson, he's a very dynamic player. I mean, we all saw what he can do. He can run all these crazy trick plays and stuff, and clearly he can throw the ball too. But uh, I think between with him and Blake Bortles in that backfield, I think it could be a really interesting look. Uh, I think it would give the, the Jaguars a different dimension and give them some kind of – maybe tiny, very, very small edge over somebody, I think it just could be interesting, or it could fail miserably. Really, there's no middle ground here, though. Yeah, so the defense would have to pay attention to somebody in the Jaguars' backfield besides the back judge? Yeah, it'd it'd be nice to actually have, like, a warm body breathing that actually knew how to play football back there because it hasn't been happening for very long. (laughs) No, it doesn't seem to be. So... Anyway, we've got a pretty full slate this week. We've got a, yet another week with only two teams out on bye, which I suppose is a good thing as long as you don't happen to own Frank Gore or Colin Kaepernick or Vernon Davis or the Giants receivers. But uh, So why don't we just dive right in, starting with the Thursday night game. We've got Possibly San Diego. Possibly not a terrible Aston. one this week. No, this should be a good one. I think it's going to be yeah. relatively low scoring. I know Denver really – flex their offensive muscle against San Francisco Sunday night. That surprised me a little. I actually thought San Francisco was going to win that game, but that turned out not to even come close to happening. But I I think Denver wins here, but I don't think it'll be too high scoring. San Diego, pretty solid defense. They obviously hit a bump in the road against Kansas City, but I think they'll keep this close. But I just think Denver has a little bit too much for them. I'll go with Denver by a field goal at home. I'll say Denver 23, San Diego 20. I think both teams will be able to pass the ball and neither team will be able to run it much. Yeah, I don't I don't have too much of an argument with anything you're really saying. I think this, like you said, it'll probably be the opposite of most Thursday night games and not a huge blowout and high scoring. This will be kind of a more normal football score than we're used to seeing on a Thursday. I think Denver's going to be experiencing a little bit of a letdown. They played a big game last week, obviously Peyton Manning breaking the record and all that stuff, uh, plus they're on a short week. Um, so I think we're not going to see, you know, the high-octane version of this offense. But I, like you said, the tools and the weapons they have are a little bit better than what San Diego is putting out there. Although if San Diego were to upset Denver and win in some kind of weird last-minute play, it wouldn't totally surprise me either here. But I think they beat them on a Thursday night game late in the season last year, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it's hard to see the San Diego team losing two games in a row. But it's also hard to ever really see Denver winning after how good they looked last week. So, like you said, it's going to be a close game. Um, I'm perfectly okay with starting Phillip Rivers this week. Uh, like you said, this is a game that's going to be short on defense and uh, pretty long on offense. Brandon, uh, Brandon Oliver's okay. Keenan Allen, Malcolm Floyd, I think, are both all right starts. And Eddie Royal could be a deeper flex option for you. I don't particularly love using my flex option on a Thursday night, but like uh, like Sherpa was saying, if you've got some Giants players or 49ers, you got to fill a gap, he could be an interesting choice. 
I am going to start tight end Antonio Gates, but I'm staying away from Nick Novak in the defense. For Denver, I would start quarterback uh, Peyton Manning, wide receiver Demarius Thomas, and tight end Julius Thomas. I'd also start the defense. You know, Monte Ball's probably going to be out again this week. Ronnie Hillman, decent flex option, or even a second running back. Manuel Sanders, Wes Welker, more flex options for me. And uh, kicker Brandon McManus, he's okay to start. He's been a little bit uh, troubled by groin injury this week during practice, but uh, John Fox says he's good to go for Thursday night, so that's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah, we'll take it. (laughs) All right. So now let's uh, go across the pond to jolly old England, and we've got Detroit at Atlanta. Atlanta, usually you think of them at home being a a better team than they are on the road, but I I don't know if you can extend that to a a London game. Yeah, a quote-unquote home game. Yeah, I just – I think Atlanta, they're dangerously close to falling apart the way they did last season again. Detroit, they stubbed their toe once or twice this season, but especially with that defense, they look like they're – a little bit better balanced team than they have been in the past few years when they've been you know, heavily driven by offense. Of course, some of that is because of Calvin Johnson's ongoing injury woes. But I, I, I think Detroit has enough to win this game. I think both teams will move the ball in the air more easily than on the ground. But I'll pick Detroit to win what's essentially a road game for both these teams. I'll say Detroit 27, Atlanta 24. I like Detroit. I'm going to take them by a touchdown. Um, I just Atlanta playing, like you said, they're just not as good on the road. The fact their offensive line is just awful right now. Matt, I'd be surprised if Matt Ryan survives a season without an injury at this rate. And like you said, they're just they're on the verge of just coming apart at the seams in pretty spectacular fashion. Uh, it just makes you glad that Tony Gonzalez didn't stick around for another year to try to win a Super Bowl, doesn't it? <laughs> like. Um, no, that wouldn't have worked Detroit, out too well. No, Calvin Johnson's making the trip. I I think he's going to play this week. I thought he'd probably play last week, but he's still at a little bit too much pain there. So I think if he uh, does play this week, that's going to be the difference maker for Detroit. I am going to start Matt Stafford, Joy Bell, Reggie Bush, Golden Tate. Um, if Calvin Johnson plays, I like him more as a flex option. He's clearly not 100%, and this isn't going to be a super high-scoring game, but... I'm staying away from Matt Prater. I am, however, going to start the Detroit defense because, like I said, I don't have a ton of respect for the Atlanta offense right now. And Detroit's uh, front seven is definitely the strength of their defense, especially their front four, so they should be able to get a lot of pressure on that Swiss cheese offensive line, but we'll see how it goes. So for Atlanta, I would, uh, yeah, poor Matt Ryan, indeed. Uh, Matt Ryan, I would still start him just because I think that's the only way they're going to move the ball. Uh, Steven Mm -hmm. Jackson, more of a flex option for me. Devonta Freeman's starting to get a little bit more action, you know, off the bench now. So don't know if I would go quite as far as starting him this week, but definitely a guy to keep your eye on if you're really desperate for running backs or have the – yeah, the room on your bench to stash somebody for possible use later in the season. Julio Jones and Roddy White, the wide receivers, I would start both of those guys. You know, Devin Hester, more of a flex option for me. Harry Douglas, not sure on his status yet. I wouldn't start him coming off an injury. Jack Hines, Rogers, no. Uh, tight end Levine Toyolo, no. I mean, kicker Matt Bryan in the defense, I'm okay with starting both of them for Atlanta. Okay, so now we move. Adios to London, and now uh, Missouri loves company, or misery loves company, as I like to say. So Uh, we have the interstate rivalry game this week. You can show me the St. Louis Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a coin flip game. St. Louis showed me something. I thought they, I actually picked them to win that game against Seattle. Last week, I thought it would be a close game, and they did pull it out, you know, with the help of that that fake punt. I've never seen anything quite like that before. The that one was where pretty Tavano, awesome. I was all about yeah, where that. He, <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, I, I'm a little surprised that an offense wouldn't have a better sense of which way the kicker had aimed the ball, but they they certainly fell for it. And Stedman Bailey took advantage, 
But mm-hmm. this week, you know, this is a coin flip game to me. It's still unclear as to exactly how healthy Jamal Charles is. He supposedly passed his concussion tests, but yeah. you know, we'll see how effective he can be. I think St. Louis wins this, but I don't feel real strongly about it. I'll flip a coin and say St. Louis wins it. I'll go with St. Louis in their makeshift backfield, 24, Kansas City, 23. And by the way, I'm really impressed with Austin Davis. I know Brett Favre said this week that he thinks he could be the next Tom Brady or, or Kurt Warner, you know, the guy that Yeah, that was is a either... pretty aggressive statement by old Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, he is. Maybe he got hit in the head once too often or has been taking too many pictures of his junk or something. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I I like him. I like Austin Davis, and maybe it's just rooting for the the story more than anything else. But uh, it's fun to root for him, and I know I picked him up for one of my teams this week and dropped Brian Hoyer. But we'll see how that works out. But I think they are able to pull this game out. I just don't see Kansas City being able to muster enough offense. So again, I'll go with St. Louis twenty-four, Kansas City twenty-three. I I agree with you. I like Austin Davis a lot. I don't know if I'm ready to to bill him as you know the next anybody yet i i just i'm very impressed with what i've seen from him so far and it's nice he finally got a chance to show people what he's got but i think that kansas city's going to win this game just st louis is a little banged up i don't know if i love the matchup for austin davis but i do agree i think this will be a really close game i think this will be a good one to watch um but fantasy wise i like austin davis better as the second quarterback option this week i'm okay with starting trey mason i want to see what he's going to do uh, I'm going to start Brian Quick and Jared Cook as well. Say no to Greg the Leg and the defense, though. For Kansas City, Alex Smith is, yeah, he's he's always, he's never going to throw for 400 yards and hardly ever for 300 either. But, you know, if he throws for 200 to 250 yards and, you know, runs for 50 yards, you know, that's a pretty decent offensive output for a quarterback. So I'll say go ahead and start him as a second quarterback. Jamal Charles, I'll take him at his word and that the Chiefs' word that he's healthy enough to play. If he is, I say start him. Uh, Wide receiver Dwayne Bowe starting to show a little bit of his ability. I would say start him. Um, Donnie Avery out again this week. A.J. Jenkins, Junior Hemingway not interested. Travis Kelsey, start him at tight end. Anthony Fasano, I think he's a decent flex option. I'd go ahead and start the Chiefs defense and start kicker Cairo Santos. All right. Okay, let's move right along this next game. Two teams going in opposite directions, the Chicago Bears visiting the New England Patriots. Chicago coming off of a a loss last week that had Brandon Marshall supposedly calling out Jay Cutler. The Patriots, we were ready to leave them you know, on the side of the road as roadkill a few weeks ago, and they've certainly stepped up their game. New England should be able to just throw the ball all day on Chicago. Chicago, not sure if they're going to be able to, to run or pass too much against the Patriots. Of course, Chandler Jones out for a, a month now. Yeah, but, um, yeah we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. But, um yeah, I, I still think that New England's able to pull this one out, you know, even though their offense isn't quite as impressive. I think they have a little bit more going for them defensively. I'll say New England 24, Chicago 17, and a lower score than most people are probably going to predict. I think it's probably going to be a, a little higher scoring. I like New England by 10. Whether or not Brandon Marshall actually called out Jay Cutler in the locker room, kind of is irrelevant to me. The fact that it's out in the media that he did, I think, is is more of a problem. Uh, I just, you know, people keep saying, like, oh, Jay Cutler's work ethic, he works so much harder now, you know, in in meetings and in film study and this and that. It's like, well, he, I just, I don't know. I'm not sold on it yet. still don't like his body language on the field, and it's just the consistency's not there. I don't think the media scrutiny on top of everything is going to help this week against a tough matchup on the road. I just don't see this being a happy ending for Chicago. Jay Cutler's only a second quarterback option for me. I will start Matt Forte, Brandon Marshall, and Alshon Jeffrey, both of them who have been banged up, underperforming, this and that. Uh, I just Someone's got to score points for this team. <laughs> if it's not one of them or Matt Forte, I don't know who it would be. Um, but stay away from kicker Robbie Gould. Definitely stay away from the defense. 
it just I think New England is pretty much a no brainer this week. Well, the first five weeks of the season, Matt Forte definitely had people questioning why they made him a early first-round mm-hmm. pick. But the last couple of weeks, he's been much better. So we'll see if that continues. Well, he had but, to be, though, at the same time, because because both Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey were banged up. The passing game definitely took a hit. Right. I mean, Martellus Bennett has been having a nice season. But, yeah, when your third and fourth receivers are Josh Morgan and and my friend San Antonio Holmes, then, uh, you know, that's, that's not saying too much for your team there. But um, anyway, for the Patriots, quarterback Tom Brady, I definitely would start him. He seems to be back in everybody's, in the fantasy gods, good graces. Shane Vereen, you know, willing to start him. I'd stay away from Jonas Gray and Brandon Bolden until somebody proves themselves there. Uh, wide receiver Julian Edelman, I like. Brandon LaFell, more of a flex option for me. Tight end Rob Gronkowski, start him. And I'm okay with uh, Stephen Gostkowski, the kicker, and I uh, really like uh, the Patriots' defense this week. Yeah, I think it's a great matchup for them. All right, moving right along, we have a game which another uh, interest state rivalry, kind of like St. Louis and Kansas City. This one we've got... Actually, that's not really true anymore. The Giant, the Jets have played in New Jersey. I keep calling them a New York team, but they're New York in name only. But anyway, we've got this uh, game between two teams and uh, Buffalo and the Jets, AFC East rivals. You know, Jets, they've won their season opener barely against Oakland, which hasn't beaten anybody yet. The last win was team in the league. But the Jets haven't won since the opening week of the season. They've dropped six in a row. Could well be seven, but I'm going to go out on a tiny, tiny limb and flip a coin and say that the Jets are able to pull this one out on the strength of their run game. The whole Percy Harvin thing, we haven't talked about that yet, but uh, I don't think he'll make much of a difference this week, and I don't think he'll make much of a difference going forward. I think he's on a sinking ship, and they'll probably just end up cutting him at the end of the season. But for the purposes of this week, I'll say that the Jets win this game. I'll say Jets 21, Buffalo 20. I'm going to take Buffalo. Uh, I, I guess even without running backs, I have more faith in them and Kyle Orton, weirdly enough, than I do in the Jets. Yeah, they got Percy Harvin. That's great. Uh, I don't I don't know if that's really the answer. It's nice that their front office, I guess, is trying to give Geno Smith a chance to sort of run an offense. I don't really think it's going to help. But uh, fantasy-wise for Buffalo, I think you can start Kyle Orton. I like, like we talked about at the top of the show, I like Anthony Dixon a little better. It looks like he's going to get the start this week. I don't think Bryce Brown is an awful option, but that would be much more of a deeper league flex option than anything else. I do like Sammy Watkins and tight end Scott Chandler actually going to start this week. I'm excited about that. I'm going to start kicker Dan Carpenter and the defense, too. I just I have no respect for this Jets team because even, even if they take Geno Smith out and put Michael Vick in, who knows if he even prepared this week? <laughs> like, I don't even well, think that's I an upgrade. I don't think they're going to – I think the, the Jets will be able to win this on the strength of their run game. I think Geno Smith could pass for 150 yards, and they still have a good shot at winning this game on the strength of uh, Chris Ivory and Chris Johnson. That said, I would start both of those guys. Keep Geno Smith um, out of your starting lineup and off your roster, preferably. Uh, Eric yeah. Decker, still banged up. He catches balls and then is – got a bad ankle after the game but or bad hamstring after the game but I would say he and Percy Harvin both flex options this week Jeremy Curley this is probably his last week as a a starter or playing starting minutes starter snaps uh, at wide receiver I have him on a couple of teams but he's probably going to get relegated to uh, the waiver wire I would stay away from him Jeff Cumberland, Jason Morrow, who knows what's going on there from week to week. I would say they're both flex options in deeper leagues. I like the Jets' defense this week, but I would stay away from kicker Nick Falk, who blew the chance to be a Falk hero in the uh, Thursday night game against the Patriots last week. I know. That's such a good headline. That one does need to get used again. It's going to be a while, though. It does. He had the chance, but uh, didn't have. I think it could happen in this game. I'm predicting a close game, so maybe it comes down to his being a folk hero. But uh, we'll see. So, 
Next, let's go to yet another interstate rivalry, the the second real one and the third one that I claimed was an interstate rivalry, but <laughs> interstate rivalry. But I'm sure, I'm Miami. sure the NFL is billing it as three. <laughs> yeah, so Miami at Jacksonville, this game a couple of weeks ago, people would have said, you know, this, this isn't going to be close, and I'm still going to say this is going to be close. It might not be a bad close. game. <laughs> I mean, it might not be know. like a game you're tuning in to watch, but it's not going to be as bad as it could have been. Jacksonville's more interesting now with Blake Bortles at quarterback, but I think Ryan Tannehill is getting his act together. You know, they, mm-hmm. The Dolphins finally look like they have an idea of what they want to do on offense. It was a shame they lost that game to Green Bay on the last second pass two weeks ago, but yeah, I, yeah. I think they'll win this game pretty handily. I think the Jacksonville while their offense has improved, their defense hasn't really shown me much in spite of that victory against Cleveland last week. I'll but at say least they have Miami, a win. <laughs> they do have a win, so they, they have that on Oakland. But uh, I'll say Miami wins this by a couple touchdowns. I'll say Miami 31, Jacksonville 17. Ooh, no love. Um, I think this will be closer than you think it'll be, but I do think Miami's going to win by at least a touchdown. I'm excited for Jacksonville getting that win last week. Uh, I don't really think it's the start of a trend for them. I was getting nervous that they were running out of chances to get a win, so I'm happy that they finally did. But I don't know if this is going to be their week. They're definitely not winning the Battle of Florida, which has been pretty much a trend the last few years. Uh, like you said, Ryan Tannehill is getting his act together. I'm okay with starting him as your only quarterback this week. Lamar Miller, not as awful as we normally think. Pretty much he's by default their running back. Uh, I think you can start him. Start Mike Wallace and Jarvis Landry. I'll even start tight end Charles Clay this week, who looks a little healthier, and kicker Caleb Sturgis on the defense. So for Jacksonville, I like Blake Bortles. Um, Denard Robinson, the running back, I, I like him too. Would start him. Wide receivers, I think you can start Allen Robinson. He's having a nice, uh, you know, sort of under the radar rookie yeah, campaign, but he's starting to get picked up on a lot more waiver wires. And of course, Allen Hearns got all the attention at the beginning of the season based on the first game at Philly and then a nice follow-up game the week after. But right now, he's mm-hmm. not even the the best rookie wide receiver named Allen on his team. So take that. <laughs> but Cecil uh, Shorts. More flex option for me. Tight end Clay Harbor, if you need to start more than one tight end, he's okay. I'd stay away from their defense, and I'd stay away from kicker Josh Scobie. Yeah, Jacksonville had their moment in the sun last week, and I was like, this is going to be it for them this week. <laughs> well, they might be in the sun this week, but I, I don't think it'll be their moment regardless. So. <laughs> so now we go on to a very interesting game. I mean, you could argue they're all interesting, but this particular one, Seattle at Carolina, Seattle had you know, a very you know, disappointing loss to St. Louis last week. You know, people are Seattle questioning not, them and wondering uh, if Seattle they're going to unravel. Seattle was in third place in their division. Nobody saw that coming. No, but you know, I, I still think you know, they're a far better team than Carolina, but yeah. Carolina, the, just that running game is a mess. They're not going to be able to run the ball. And when you know that the other team is going to have to throw 40 to 50 times to beat you, I don't think that's good well, news. It's not, so. it's not like Cam Newton's the best quarterback in the world. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning has to throw 40 or 50 times to beat you, yeah, you're a little more concerned. But if I have, to, if Cam Newton has to beat me with his arm, I'm just not that worried about it. Well, it's probably still better than having Geno Smith throw 50 times a game. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah I, I think Seattle, they'll be able to run the ball against Carolina. They should be able to pass it. And I think they win this pretty easily. I'll say Seattle 31, Carolina 20. I can't argue too much with their score. Uh, even with Seattle coming out east for uh, an early game, or a morning game in Seattle, this will be in the morning. <laughs> Drink lots of coffee. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sure people in Seattle know where to find it. But I, I just can't see Carolina. I just I don't even think an upset is a remote possibility in this game. 
So start Russell Wilson, start Marshawn Lynch, start Doug Baldwin, start Jermaine, not Javon, Curse. I am staying away from Stephen Hauschka and the defense. Uh, even though I don't think Carolina is going to really light the world on fire with their offense, I also, I just, I don't know, the defense hasn't impressed me a lot lately. I don't think you're going to get big points out of them, and you have some better defensive matchups. While we're on the topic, Percy Harvin being traded, who do you think yeah. steps up there? Is it going to be Doug Baldwin? Is it going to be Jermaine Curse or uh, Ricardo Lockett or Paul Richardson going to get more you know, opportunities and step up? How, how do you assess the Seahawks? Well, I, I, kinda, I think Jermaine, Jermaine Curse may be the guy. They have seemed to be trying to get him more involved in the offense uh, in weeks past, and apparently Percy Harvin – had some demands and and some to like issues where you needed to get him the ball early for him to even be relevant, uh, and so that may may change what this offense looks like come this week. But I think I think it's going to be Jermaine Curse. Yeah, I, I had him as a bench player on a couple of leagues early in the season, but oh, then cut you. him when he wasn't getting any uh, you know much opportunity. So we'll see how yeah, that works. Why. Uh, but yeah. So, Carolina, I would start Cam Newton. I Hopefully he won't have to throw it 50 times. But, yeah, the running back situation is a mess. I would stay away from all of them. Jonathan Stewart, Darren Reeves, stay away from those guys. You know, wide receiver-wise, Kelvin Benjamin a bit banged up, but he still seems to be able to, to pull through. So I'll say start him if he's healthy enough to play. Jericho Cotri and Jason Avant, I think they're decent flex options this week just by virtue of the fact that Carolina will not be able to run the ball too much. They'll have to end up throwing it a lot. Ted and Greg Olson is a good start. I'd stay away from Carolina's defense this week, and I'll stay away from kicker Graham Gano too. All right. Sorry, Carolina. It's not good prospects for you this week. No, it's not. So let's move on to a game, uh, Minnesota at Tampa Bay. Both of these teams are missing players that were supposed to be their offensive linchpins at the beginning of the season. Minnesota, of course, I'm referring to Adrian Peterson. Tampa Bay, Josh McCown and Doug Martin were supposed to light the world on fire. Martin's back now, but McCown is still banged up. Yeah, Both of these teams are pretty disappointing, but Minnesota surprisingly has I think a top 10 or top 12 running game this season. And, of course, a lot of that is due to Matt Asiata and now uh, Jarek McKinnon really coming on. But I I think Minnesota should win this game pretty easily, just not impressed by Tampa's defense. So even with only half an offense, I'll say that Minnesota wins this 27-17. to Yeah, I think Minnesota just has a little bit more going for them. Teddy Bridgewater, obviously uh, not a great week for him, uh, but I think he's going to bounce back a little bit here. Uh, I like him better as a second quarterback option. I do like Jarek McKinnon. It seems he's now the the leader in the clubhouse as far as running backs go, but Matt Asiata is not a terrible flex option for you this week. Start Greg Jennings. Cordell Patterson, I think I'm going to go ahead and start maybe as a second or third wide receiver this week versus the flex where he's been living the last few weeks. Um, and I like Jarius Wright, too. Staying away from kicker Blair Walsh and the Blair Walsh Project, but I will start the defense. So for Tampa Bay, I like quarterback Mike Lennon a lot. He's somebody, along with Austin Davis, that I've been picking up in a few leagues. Like mm-hmm. him, um, Doug Martin, more of a flex option for me. I would start Vincent Jackson, start Mike Evans, who looks like he's healthy after the bye week. Tight end Austin, Safarian Jenkins, not a bad second tight end if you're in a two-tight end league. I'd stay away from kicker Patrick Murray, and I'm okay with starting Tampa's defense. All right. We've almost right. Uh, almost gotten through our, our early games. I resisted yeah, the urge to stay morning, but we're cruising through. Now, <laughs> if, if you're looking for a game to bet the over-under on this week and go over, I think this next game is likely to be it. It's fine. At the beginning of the season, Baltimore didn't look like they had their act together, the whole Ray Rice incident and trying to figure out who their lead running back was going to be and integrate Steve Smith into the offense. And you know, they look like a mess. But you know, they seemed to wake up a couple weeks ago 
uh, I think it was the Tampa Bay game, if I'm not mistaken. I think they played Tampa Bay that week when they scored the 35 points in the uh, in the first quarter or so. But or, but this week, Baltimore at Cincinnati. Cincinnati, remember when they were 3-0 and and they were the host of the NFL and everybody was saying how yeah, this year was going to be like different. Yeah, a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah, the wheels are coming off slowly but surely. And Baltimore, even though they're on the road, I just think right now they're probably one of the better offenses along with Dallas and you know, I'll, I'll say, yeah, I think I would go with that. You know, Dallas and Baltimore, I think, have been the two offenses, and Denver, too, that is, those are probably mm-hmm, yeah. the offenses that have impressed me the most so far. You know, Baltimore, a little bit late to the party, but you know, they may actually be the most uh, impressive right now. Yeah, they're, they're pretty well balanced. I like what Joe Flacco's doing, Steve Smith, Torrey Smith. You know, Owen Daniels has stepped in nicely you know, mm-hmm. as their lead tight end there, so... I think this all winds up as a real high-scoring game. I'll say Baltimore 41, Cincinnati 31. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have too much of an argument with the score. I, like you said, Baltimore is is very impressive right now. Their offense and Cincinnati is just just kind of been flat lately. Just not as much to get excited about. Um, fantasy wise, you have to sign Greg Little to be a wide receiver for you. That's uh, not a good sign. It's not. It's not great. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, obviously when A.J. Green comes back, they're going to be a different-looking offense, but, you know, that's how much of him... doesn't sound like that's a given how much for this production week. Are you gonna get? If he's not playing, yeah. you know, besides Mohamed Sanu, who do they have that you, know, you would really even want to cover you know, among their wide receivers? Exactly. <laughs> so so who do you like for Baltimore I'm, this week? I'm definitely going to start Joe Flacco. I'll start Justin Forsett and Bernard Pierce, uh, Torrey Smith, Steve Smith, anybody named Smith. Tight end Owen Daniels, like you said, he's really had a a nice run the last few weeks here. I am going to stay away from Justin Tucker and the defense, though. Uh, Just Cincinnati's still kind of a scrappy team there. For Cincinnati, I would start uh, your friend, the Ginger Ninja, Andy Dalton. I'd start Giovanni Bernard, uh, Jeremy Hill, uh, stay away from him. A.J. Green, even if he plays, he's not going to be at full strength, so I don't think he's more than a flex option for you. Mohamed Sanu, decent start. Jermaine Gresham is a good start. I like kicker Mike Nugent, but since I think Baltimore is going to score 40 points, I would stay away from the Bengals' defense. Yeah, probably, uh, probably not a good play for them this week. No. So let's move on. Now we've got uh, the the team that currently plays in Houston against the team that used to play in Houston. That's the the Texans and the Titans. The battle of the T's. Uh, this game, I think, could it doesn't really do much for me. I wouldn't want to watch this. Yeah, I don't think there'll be too much of this game on red zone. No. Flip a coin, but I'll. I, I've been picking a lot of road teams this week, so I'll stay with that here, and I'll say Houston pulls this out 27-24. Yeah, I think Houston probably will pull this out. I mean, if they play like they did in the first you know, quarter of last week's game, they'll be fine. And if Charlie Whitehurst uh, is the Titans quarterback? Yeah, I, I just – it's hard to get excited about that Tennessee offense right now. No. Sorry, Tennessee. Um, but Houston, Ryan Fitzpatrick's more second quarterback option. Start Arian Froster, Andre Johnson, and DeAndre Hopkins. I'll even start kicker Randy Bullock and the defense. But other than that, I mean, just this isn't going to be a high-scoring game. This isn't going to be a super exciting game. You've got better fantasy options in other places. So for Tennessee, Charlie Whitehurst, if you really have to start him as a second quarterback in a deeper league, go ahead because I think you will be able to move the ball some on the Titans yeah. defense. JJ Watt and possibly Jadavian Clowning outstanding. Sean Green still injured, so stay away from him. Bishop Sankey like this matchup for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Kendall Wright, I like him as a start. Justin Hunter like him. Supposedly the Titans are entertaining trade offers for Nate Washington, which means he's likely to you know, get a fair number of snaps 
this week. So yeah, I would say go ahead. It doesn't and get hurt him. like C.J. Spiller did last week when people were talking about him getting traded. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that uh, yeah that that tends to being out for the season with a shoulder separation tends to put a, a crimp on your uh, fan on your trade value. Tight end Delaney yeah. Walker still having a nice fantasy season. Kicker Ryan suck up. I'm okay with starting him, and I'm okay with starting the <laughs> Titans defense. Let's move on to the afternoon games, or the late games, sorry. <laughs> yes. So, first one, we've got the Eagles coming off a bye against the Arizona. We have a two-game lead in the NFC West division that nobody thought we would win, Cardinals. And yeah. this, I, I think both teams will be able to pass. I'm not sure about either team's ability to run so much. LaShawn McCoy looked good two weeks ago against the Giants, but Arizona is a stingier run defense. Yeah, see how this goes, but I'm going to be a little bit of contrarian here. Philadelphia has not looked impressive except for that Giants game, but I'll say that they win this all on the road. I'll say Philadelphia 31, Arizona 24. I think Philly's going to win this, even though uh, right now Arizona may be playing a little better. But Philly's had – they just came off their bye week. They've had a lot of time to prepare for this game. They're rested. I don't think that travel out west is going to be such a big deal. I just – I think that it's going to be a close game. I think it will be a pretty good game. But Philly will probably come out on top here. Nick Foles still more a second quarterback option for me this week. There are absolutely better quarterback matchups. I am going to start LaShawn McCoy and Darren Sproles as well. Uh, he should be okay and back this week, um, but keep an eye on that. I'm going to start Jeremy Macklin, tight end Zach Ertz, but staying away from the defense and kicker Cody Parkey. For Arizona, Carson Palmer seems to be coming around, so I'm okay with starting him this week. Running back yeah. Andre Ellington, if his foot's all right, then I'd say start him. I like wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd, a lot of starters. John Brown, decent flex option. Tight ends, John Carlson, banged up. Troy Nicholas, banged up. Stay away from those guys. Uh, kicker, Chandler Catanzaro, okay to start, but I'd stay away from the Cardinals' defense against a Philly offense that I think will score 30 points this week. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll kind of come back to form a little bit here. So... Next, here's another game where I think you're safe in betting the over if you're an over-under person. That's uh, Indianapolis at Pittsburgh. Indianapolis, we knew that their passing game was going to be good, but their run game has actually been surprisingly decent as well. Trent Richardson hurt a little bit, but Ahmad Bradshaw seems to be picking up the slack. Andrew Luck seems to be improving even more this season. Pittsburgh... Offense still capable of putting up big points, but their defense is not the steel curtain that we uh, have grown to know and, and love or hate, depending not on their relationship all. with the team over the years. I, I don't think anybody's going to be calling them that anytime soon again. Same, it's in Pittsburgh, but I, I think Indianapolis finds enough offense to win this. I'll say Indianapolis, I'll say Indy 38, Pittsburgh 31. I just I don't know if I feel like this Pittsburgh team is going to be capable of scoring 31 points. I, they're just so Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, we saw them. They looked terrible to start that game. They found some life, but this team's been so up and down. I just it, It's hard to really get behind them at all. But Indy, on the other hand, has seemed much more consistent. And Andrew Luck, it's really hard to say to really pick against him at all, and I think that we may be seeing Pittsburgh fans leave this game early. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think Indy probably wins by 10. I'm absolutely starting Andrew Luck, Trent Richardson, Ahmad Bradshaw, T.Y. Hilton, tight end Dwayne Allen, kicker Adam Benatari, the defense. I just I am not feeling good about this matchup for Pittsburgh. For Pittsburgh, I would start quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think he's going to lose his job to Antonio Brown anytime soon. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, start him. Garrett Blunt, decent flex option this week. Start wide receiver Antonio Brown. I mean, I'd stay away from Mark Sweden and Lance Moore. Tight end Heath Miller is okay to start. Stay away from the defense, but I like kicker Sean Sweden because I think Pittsburgh is going to score some points in this game. Yeah. It'll be an interesting game, if nothing else. I mean, we're yeah. we're certainly going to see a lot of it on red zone. 
<laughs> yeah, I would imagine. So speaking of games that you won't be seeing much of on Red Zone, especially for one of these two teams, the winless Oakland Raiders go to the dog pound to face the Cleveland embarrassed Browns coming off that defeat against the at, mm-hmm. against the uh, Jaguars last week. I, I think Cleveland's going to get their act together. If, if they can't beat Oakland after losing to Jacksonville, then they might as well just start Johnny Manziel and, and they get relegated uh, wait to till... the CFL if they lose this game. I think yeah. I think that's that's pretty much the only fair thing to do. <laughs> they'll just be, they're, they're just counting down the weeks till they get Josh Gordon back, but yeah. I I really can't see this being a close game, especially Cleveland's running game. I think they're just going to run it down Oakland's throat. I don't see how Oakland's going to counter their run defense and pass defense. are both near the bottom of the league in terms of yards per game. So, to me, this all adds up to a very convincing Cleveland victory. I'll say Cleveland 30, Oakland 10. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I can't really see it going any other way. Cleveland's going to score some points. Oakland's just not that good. I mean, they've they've had good moments, but they just aren't a good team yet. There's really no way Cleveland – if Cleveland loses to Jacksonville and Oakland in back-to-back weeks, they really, they're just not allowed to be a team anymore. That's just how There's it is. There's a couple of interesting we, wide receivers, but you know, you'll get to that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think Oakland still has some value here for you, especially with uh, you got some, some Giants and 49ers receivers on a bye week this week. But Derek Carr, strictly a second quarterback option. Star Darren McFadden. I like James Jones and Andre Holmes, but I'm staying away from the rest of the receivers, staying away from tight end, staying away from Sebastian Janikowski and the defense. Just not a ton of value here because there's not a ton of points that are going to be scored. So for Cleveland, like I said, really love their run game this week. So I would start Ben Tate and I think Isaiah Crowell and um, maybe even Terrence West are decent flex options. Uh, Miles Austin, Andrew Hawkins, I'm okay with starting them. We'd definitely start tight end Jordan Cameron. I'd start the defense and start kicker Billy Condiff. So pretty much anybody that's not bolted down on Cleveland, you start them this week. (laughs) That'd be a shame if they were. (laughs) Yes, there would be, come to think of it. (laughs) So now for the next game, which the Sunday night game, which I think – could be a really interesting game. I think we're going to probably go opposite directions on this. I'm not probably. quite ready to throw in the towel on New Orleans season yet. You know, I, I know record-wise you know, that they're I think so. only two and four, but you know, in two of those games they've snatched defeat away you know, out of the jaws of victory at the last second, so they could just as easily be four and two. Their defense has been the big problem this year. Their offense hasn't been quite as good as it's been in the past. So combine that with uh, Rob Ryan's subpar defense, and that's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. But I, I still think they're going to come out and figure out how to win this. Green Bay, just a little bit too much smoke and mirrors for me. I'm not impressed by their run game. Their pass game is you know, surprisingly not racking up as much yardage per game as you would think, but they're doing just enough to win. You know, they're 5-2, and two, so they're doing something right. But I, I think it all adds up to New Orleans winning this game by a touchdown at home. I'll say New Orleans 34, Green Bay 27. I think Green Bay is probably going to have to win this in a, a fourth-quarter fashion like we've obviously seen them, them do this year. Uh, but let New Orleans fans, let me tell you how this story goes. Like the Sherpas alluded to, you snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Rob Ryan's at the helm of your defense. Things are looking bleak. I can tell you, as a Cowboys fan, things will get better to the point where you get your hopes back up, but it's just not going to be enough. I don't think that they're going to have enough to sneak into the playoffs this year, but I think they're going to stay relevant. Uh, They're going to be a thorn in everybody's side until the end of the year but I think Green Bay is still going to get the edge this week. Fantasy-wise, I like Aaron Rodgers, Eddie Lacy, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. I might even go crazy and start Devontae Adams. Um, Kicker Mason Crossy, I'm okay with starting, but I am staying away from the defense just because I don't think New Orleans isn't going to win the game doesn't mean I don't think they're going to score any points because they absolutely will. For New Orleans, love Drew Brees, love Mark Ingram, Kyrie Robinson, okay. Um, 
Pierre Thomas injured, stay away. Trevaris Cadet, I know, uh, I think it was CBS Sportsline, you had him ranked uh, really highly this week. I'm not sold on him. I would not start him. Jimmy Graham, if he's healthy enough to play, start him. Wide receiver Marcus Colston, start. I'd start uh, both uh, Brandon Cooks and Kenny Stills. I'd start uh, kicker Shane Graham. Defense, I think you can start them if you're really desperate. You know, that's, but you know, we'll see how that goes. But still, I, I think New Orleans, this should be one of the more interesting games. I think they've uh, got another good uh, Sunday night game for themselves this week. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really excited to see this game. Um, it's going to be uh, a high-scoring affair, but I think it'll be a good one to watch. You're not as excited for that game as you are for the Monday night game, of course, and that's because it I'm features excited for the Monday night game, but also Dallas have Cowboys <laughs> taking on the the Washington whatever they're called this week, and. Yeah. You know, who knows? I, I'm surprised that Kirk Cousins flamed out. I mean, we talked about that earlier in the season about how he had a knack for in his previous opportunities playing really well at the first, and then once they got to film on him not being as effective, it's hard to imagine a team with Colt McCoy doing much damage. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm still holding out hope that maybe RG3 is healthy enough to play and. If he is, I think the game is interesting. If he doesn't, then I think it's not going to be so interesting. Dallas, Tony Romo, Des Bryant, maybe not 100% healthy, but still they're getting the job done. I think they'll continue to do that this week. I'll go with Dallas 35 to Washington's 24. Ooh. uh, I I think I have a little more faith in Washington. Uh, I just – I – like, I think Kirk Cousins kind of got, got a raw deal. I mean, he didn't get a ton of help. He wasn't exactly set up for success. He wasn't really set up for failure, but I don't think he was doing that terribly. I mean, there's certainly quarterbacks who are starting there are doing much worse than he is. Uh, if I'm pretty much any team in the league that needs a quarterback, I'm giving Washington a call right now while his value is as low as it's been and trying to take him off their hands. Um, but Colt McCoy obviously did some good things last week. If there's any place that he's going to play well, it's in Texas. I don't know if you guys remember, he went to a little school there for college. Um, So, granted, there's not a lot of film on Cole McCoy. He hasn't actually played a snap in forever. Um, The Cowboys, you know, they can be up and down. Uh, They always get played tough by division rivals, so I think Washington will keep it respectable. I'm picking Dallas to win. Um, I'm only picking them by a touchdown, though. Cole McCoy is only a second quarterback option. I don't think uh, as much as you're hoping RG3 will be on the mend, I don't think this is his week. Um, Alfred Morris, I'll start. I would like to see him finally kind of get over the hump here and start being an elite running back like we've seen last year, but that hasn't happened quite yet. I'll start Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson, staying away from kicker Kai Forbath in the defense, though. But like you said, I am interested in this one. <laughs> How about uh, Roy Hello? He's been uh, putting up at least flex-worthy numbers just because they've been using him quite a bit as a pass catcher. Yeah, maybe as a flex option. I just don't really know what his value is going to look like with Colt McCoy for for a whole game. So if I have uh, an option I have a little more security in, I'm probably going that route. But he's not a bad option either. So for Dallas, I don't think there are any bad options. This week, quarterback Tony Romo is a must-start. Same thing with running back DeMarco Murray. Wide receivers Des Bryant and Terrence Williams. Tight end Jason Witten. I know Gavin Escobar caught a couple touchdowns last week and is, I think, three in the last three weeks. But I still think Witten's the tight end that you want to own there. If you're in a really deep league and want to you know, hope that the Cowboys find some way for their two tight ends to coexist the way that uh, the Chargers did last year with Antonio Gates and uh, with Darius Green at the end of the season, go ahead, but I wouldn't count on it. still think Witten's the one to start. Escobar, if you're in a deeper league, go ahead. Um, defense, I think, is okay to start, and I, I would definitely start uh, kicker Dan Bailey. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to have enough to work with this week, but it'll be an interesting game. Washington and Dallas always is. All right. 
So we've got a few minutes here, so I thought maybe we could go over some of the players that uh, had surprisingly strong performances last week and might be available on the waiver wire. Why don't we just go quickly uh, position by position. Quarterback, you've got Ryan Tannehill still widely available. Miami, Austin Davis, we talked about him before. Mike Glennon, we talked about him. And uh, we'll even throw Colt McCoy into the mix. So how do you rank those for in terms of uh, waiver wire priority? Um, For this week, Tannehill's up top. Uh, followed closely by Mike Glennon. I've always been a Mike Glennon fan. And Austin Davis, I really don't think you can go wrong with. I just don't like his matchup too much this week. And Colt McCoy is absolutely the bottom of my list because even if he has a good game this week, RG3 is coming back. It's not like they're going to sit RG3 in place of Colt McCoy. Um, so I just don't know if it's worth unless you had something crazy happen to your roster and you somehow forgot and traded away all your quarterbacks. I don't know why Colt McCoy would have enough value for you. Um, unless you got an empty spot and you got, you know, Colin Kaepernick on a bye this week. But uh, yeah, for if me, if quarterbacks are Colin Kaepernick and uh, Eli, then maybe you end up starting Colt McCoy this week and just yeah, it off it's to a, bad a one-shot deal, I think most likely. But I, Ryan Tannehill is probably at the top of my list right now. All right, I think I would go Tannehill, Davis, Glennon, and. Trailing the pack by a wide margin would be yeah. Colt McCoy. So, I really like Colt see. McCoy. I just don't want him on my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about uh, we talked about Trey Mason, Denard Robinson, Bryce Brown, and Anthony Dixon before. Mm-hmm. How about um, Stephon Taylor in you know, Arizona, Travaris Cadet in New Orleans, Benji Cunningham in St. Louis, and Devonta Freeman in Atlanta? Any of those guys stand out to you as, as people you might want to? stash and a deeper roster? Maybe Freeman. Um, I just, beyond that, I don't know if there's going to be enough for any of these guys. Uh, But again, Freeman's going to be behind a terrible offensive line, so I'm not really that excited about him either. All right. um, Yeah, I I agree. I I just, I keep waiting for Steven Jackson to run out of gas or for Atlanta, season to spiral out of control. He's and missed then so many to, games the last couple of years, he's pretty well rested. Yeah, but I, I just think at some point, especially if things head south the way I think they might, mm. that you know, they may just you know see what they've got in Freeman and phase out Steven Jackson, but we'll see how that mm. goes. All right, so wide receiver-wise, Brandon LaFell, off week again, well, it wasn't an off week in the sense of a bye, he just didn't do much against the Jets, but had a couple nice games before that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jermaine Um, Curse and Paul Richardson, we talked about a little bit. Allen Robinson, I think we both like. Andrew Hawkins has been AWOL for a few weeks, but showed some signs of life. Chris Hogan has had a couple nice uh, weeks in a row for Buffalo. I hadn't really heard much of him before his recent outburst. Jarvis Landry seems to be coming along in Miami, even Corey Fuller getting some looks in Detroit. Any names in that list uh, jump out I'm, at you? I like I like Jermaine Curse a lot. I think you're going to see a lot more from him. Um, Chris Hogan I'm a big fan of. Uh, I caught him. He was playing with a friend of mine on a on a practice squad, and so I saw a lot of him, and I, just, I really like his style. I think that he's a name that's flying way under the radar, that if you've got a deep league or you're in a keeper league, maybe you try to stash him. You may get some use out of him down the line. Okay. And um, just in the quick time we have remaining here, how about some uh, tight end options? Rank these four guys for me. Scott Chandler, Owen Daniels, Clay Harbor, Jermaine Gresham. Who do you turn to if you're in need of a waiver wire tight end this week? Clay Harbor is definitely last on my list. Uh, Owen Daniels would probably be first. Uh, I really like Scott Chandler's matchup this week. Normally uh, I wouldn't probably start him, but this week's a good week for him. Uh, definitely Owen Daniels, he's on one of the best offense right now, so you can't say no to that. Yeah, I think I'll go Daniels and Gresham, then Chandler, and then Harbor. So yeah. hopefully he harbors no ill will towards me for ranking him last. But uh, we'll Whatever, Clay Harbor. <laughs> um, but that does bring us to the end of our time for this week. We will be back next Wednesday night from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every week. We'll be telling you who to start and who to sit and talking about all the matchups for the week. 
And you can find us all week long at FantasyFootballSherpa.com, the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show, at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16, as well as the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. And you can always find old episodes on iTunes and on Blog Talk Radio, just in case you miss the sound of our voice. And I certainly do, so... (laughs) <laughs> anyway, have a good week, everybody. Good luck in your games unless you're playing Jana. And uh, exactly. we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>